hey kids, guess what? We're going to the Magic Kingdom! Yes! Yeah! Woo! better go back to the beginning and explain. When my children were little, they had a dream. A dream called the Magic Kingdom. It was a whole new world full of wonder where everything was very good. But one year, some friends offered us a week at due to copyright protection at a certain well-known theme park in Orlando, Florida. All we had to do was get there. We couldn't afford to fly, but I figured we could drive. We had a minivan. I came up with the idea of surprising the kids because I knew that if we told them too early, they'd drive us crazy, and I cherished that moment of revelation when I'd say, we're going to the Magic Kingdom, and you know, their faces would light up with joy, and they'd begin to dance spontaneously with unspeakable gratitude for me. Well, anyway, as vacation time approached, they began to press for information, and, well, we didn't want to lie, so I got out a map and I charted out the journey. I realized that we'd be traveling through a place called Junction City, Kansas, the place where I was born. So when they were pressing one day, where are we going, Daddy, where are we going? I said, Kansas, we're, we're going to Kansas, and, and they said, wow, what's in Kansas? I said, oh, there's stuff in Kansas. Motels, swimming pools, great stuff. So my kids began putting their hope in Junction City, Kansas. Well, the day finally came. We left the house early in the morning and set up for Kansas. If you subtract four hours of potty breaks, it's about a six hour drive from Denver to Junction City. Then one hour further on to Kansas City where we'd rest, get a hotel, and then be on our way to the Magic Kingdom. It was a long van ride for the kids. So when we exited I-70 for Junction City, the kids were pretty excited. John was looking for motels or swimming pools. The kids were talking about how they're gonna see the place where daddy was when he was a little boy. We drove past this dilapidated old bowling alley and they all yelled out, Daddy, we can go bowling, can we go bowling? Daddy, can we go bowling? And I said, maybe. We drove to the church that my dad had pastored when I was a little boy. I called ahead and now the pastor was waiting for us. He showed us around the old building. The kids had these disposable cameras, the kind with film, and they were all taking pictures. I said, you, you might want to save some of those pictures for later. They said, what for? I said, well, stop, stop. We're going to see more stuff. Just trust me. After that, we all sat down. Susan had gone to the van to get the secret bag of Magic Kingdom accessories, hats, etc., etc. Then I started the prearranged dialogue with the pastor. I said, so pastor, what is there to do here in Junction City? He said, we got a great lake. You go down and walk around the lake. And I said, well, you know, we've got a lake in, in Denver. He said, well, we, we got a bowling alley. And the kids said, yeah, yeah, dad, bowling. We could go bowling. And then he said, and we got a miniature golf course. And I said, well, you know, we already have a lake. We got bowling alleys and a miniature golf course in Denver, Colorado. You know, we've already seen the church and the house. It seems like there's nothing left to do here in Junction City. Maybe we ought to just go. The kids said, dad, what do you mean? Come on, dad, what do you mean? 
mean? And then I said, so pastor, if we went back out to the exit and got back on I-70 and just kept going, where would we end up? And the pastor said, hmm, if you went back out to the exit and, and just kept going, well, I guess you'd end up in like Florida. And I looked at the kids and I said, Florida? What's in Florida? Elizabeth said, um, um, that well-known theme park in Orlando? And I said, kids, we're going to the Magic Kingdom! Well, you know how this part goes. It was the most anticlimactic moment of my entire life. Totally frustrated, I finally just said, get in the van, just get in the van. I was thinking, man, they are getting a tongue lashing once we're all in the van. You are the most ungrateful, disrespectful, spoiled children. Do you have any idea how much this cost me? And Coleman said, well, I wanted to go to the park. And then I had this thought, almost as if God was talking to me. He said, hey, Peter, did you know that this is just what it's like to be your daddy? You see, it's not that my children's hopes were too big. They had actually become far too small. Their desires not too strong, but too weak. And don't get me wrong, Junction City would have been fun for a time. But after three weeks of sitting in front of the Tasty Freeze, walking up and down the aisles of the Walmart like zombies while the kids moan, Dad, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Junction City would have turned into hell. But you understand, Junction City was in the grasp. It was under their control. The Magic Kingdom, that was just a painful van ride away. It must have looked like death. Get in the van. It must have sounded like pick up a cross and come follow. Well, you know, we have a Father in Heaven, and the Bible is full of journeys and children, confused and complaining on those journeys. Noah, Abraham, Moses, Israel, and us. We're on a journey. Do you ever wonder, what's the point of the journey? God doesn't have to drive. He can fly. What's the point of this journey called life and our stop in this junction city of a world? Just like I mapped out our route from Denver to Junction City and on to the Magic Kingdom, I think our Father mapped out our route from beginning to now and on to the end. I think He even told us the route. In the beginning is the start of Genesis chapter 1. Then we read about six days of creation, kind of like six hours of driving. Toward the end of the sixth day, man is made in God's image. And at the end of six hours of driving, we came to a junction. Junction City. On the seventh day, God rests. And I knew that if we didn't get stuck in Junction City, but could just get to Kansas City, our hotel, a good night's rest, well, we'd be, we'd be good for the magic kingdom. You know, on the seventh day of creation, according to scripture, everything is finished. Everything is good. And in Genesis, the prophets, the revelation, that seventh day appears to be eternal. 
It's very, very, very big. Maybe bigger than all of space and time. Well, anyway, on the sixth day, God makes Adam. The name means man or mankind. And on the seventh day, everything, everything, everything is very good. It is finished. So here's a question. Where are we on this journey? Well, are you finished? Is everything very good? Has God finished making mankind? You know, the Bible describes the seventh day when all has been made and then goes back and describes how God makes man. That's the sixth day. You see, most folks think that the perfect seventh day came and went thousands or millions of years ago. They think everything was perfect until Adam and Eve mess it all up. But if everything had been perfectly good before Adam and Eve messed it all up, why was there a wall around the garden before they messed it all up? How do you explain that evil talking snake and those two naked people dumb enough and incomplete enough to listen to that evil talking snake? You know, they didn't have knowledge of the good and so couldn't have faith in the one who is good. And surely that's not good. Everything was not yet good in that garden and man was not yet finished in the image of God. So when is God's seventh day of rest? And when is Adam finally finished in the image of God? You know, if you take your cues from the meaning of the text, rather than our antiquated modern notions of time, it seems pretty clear that Genesis chapter 1 is like the history of all time. And for most of us, well, we still live in the sixth day, the sixth day of creation. A few years ago, physicist Gerald Schroeder wrote a few books pointing out that according to Einstein's theories of relativity, the age of the universe is entirely dependent on the standpoint of the observer. And remember, there was no earth to stand on in the beginning. Schroeder calculates that if the creation is about 15 billion years old from the standpoint of the earth, it must be about six or seven days old from the standpoint of the Big Bang, or at least the moment light is first emitted just after the Big Bang. Whether or not he got the physics exactly right, it's clear that arguing about the age of the Earth, old or young, is, is just silly. And even more importantly, not metaphorically, but actually and scientifically, we could be living in the sixth day of creation on the edge of an eternal seventh day. The seventh day doesn't start until Jesus, the perfect image of God, hangs on a tree in a garden on the sixth day of creation, on the sixth day of the week, at the sixth hour, and cries, it is finished. It's at that tree that we are given eternal life, seventh day life. And that means the big story is not that God made everything good, we messed it up, and now he's trying to fix it with the whole Jesus thing. The big story is that he's making us in his image with his word, who is Jesus, and he won't fail. It means our Father is taking us on a journey, and we will all arrive at our destination. But on the sixth day, we all find ourselves at a junction. It's a place where we make a choice, or should I say the Father creates a choice in us. It's the place where His choice becomes our choice. And we choose to get in the van. 
Jesus is the van. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the Father's choice, and surrendering our choice to His choice is called faith. You know, it just about killed my kids to get in the van, and yet they finally did get in the van. Maybe they saw that it killed me, that it was killing them. They knew that their pain was my pain, and so my pleasure was their pleasure. So they had just enough faith in me to get in the van. But what if they hadn't gotten in the van? Would I have left them forever in Junction City or consigned them to endless torment? No, because that wouldn't make me happy. Their pleasure is my pleasure. You know, I hate going to copyright-protected theme parks without my kids. It's their happiness that makes the Magic Kingdom magic for me. Well, if they hadn't gotten in the van, I wouldn't have consigned them to endless torment. However, I might have granted their bad choice for a time. That my good choice might become their choice in time. Maybe that's why God made time. In other words, I might have said, fine, you can just stay in Junction City. But I would have stayed with them. I would have descended into that hell with them. Then after three weeks of sitting in front of the Dairy Queen and wandering around the Walmart like zombies, mumbling, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I would have said, now, let's get in the van. You know, until we got to Junction City, the Magic Kingdom was only my choice. But as I shut the van door, my choice became our choice. Granted, it was only the size of a mustard seed, but the seed grew and became a kingdom. And that's how we got the hell out of Junction City. So why stop in Junction City at all? Why does God allow this fallen world at all? I don't think I can fully answer that question, but I do know that stopping in Junction City made the magic kingdom that much more magic. Over and over again, it happened. We'd be standing in line for Space Mountain, or we'd be eating those giant turkey legs that they call alien legs. One of the kids would just stop me. Their eyes would get huge, and they'd just exclaim, Oh, Daddy, I can't believe that I wanted to stay in Junction City. I love you. It means I trust you. And that's called faith. You know, all sorts of folks visit copyright-protected theme parks and have a hell of a time. I mean, it feels like hell because they don't have faith in love. You see, faith in love, and God our Father is love, faith in love is what makes the magic kingdom magic for us. And that means the magic really starts in the van. My kids are young adults now, and they love to reminisce about family vacations. And this is the crazy thing. They don't seem to miss any copyright-protected, world-famous theme parks. You know what they miss? Our time in the van. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel and get in the van. Golf place. Yeah.
Yeah, we have a bowl. But we have a bowling alley at home. Yeah, you might as well go home to do that. Roller skating. We can roller skate at home too. Well, what else could we do? No, we got playgrounds at home. Hey, what's to the if we stayed on Interstate 70 and just kept driving, where would we go? Well, you keep on going far enough, you get to the other side of the United States, the east side. You can take if you want to get even hotter, you can then take the interstates angling down. Go to Florida. It's hot enough here. How far is Florida? Oh, let's see, about 1,500 miles. 1,500. What do they? What did that be like? What do they have in Florida? You know anything that's in Florida? Alligators? Yeah. Um, I wonder. Crocodiles. Crocodiles. Anything to do to play there? Um, Disney World? Yeah. Oh, hey, you want to go to Disney World? Alright. What? You'd rather be here? No. John, do you want to go to Disney World? No. I'll think about that one. You think about it? Well, we'll stay here if you want, but yeah, I'm totally serious. We're driving two more days to Disney World, and then we're going to go to the beach. Yeah, so that was kind of cool, huh? And that's what we're doing. That's what we made. I think Ben did an awesome job uh, with, with the movie. And, Hey, check this out. I'm wearing the exact same clothes as the handsome guy in the, in the film. That's like really, that's really weird. So anyway, you know, the, uh, the older I get, the more I see this or the more I'm convinced of this. And that is that the gospel is profoundly simple. It, it is really profoundly simple. I know we think it's complex, but I don't think it is. The, the gospel is this, that God is the creator period. Let me expand it a little bit. That God, who is love, creates all things with his word. Uh, that's simple, and yet uh, it seems incredibly uh, complex, and maybe that's because there is an evil one, and his lies are incredibly complex. Incredibly complex and incredibly subtle. And so uh, to undo those lies seems complex and it uh, seems incredibly difficult, but there's a simplicity on the other side of complexity and, and that's the good news, that God is the creator. Oh, and there's one other thing that of course makes it a little bit complex and that is that we are one of the things that he's creating. And uh, that which is being created has a hard time giving directions to that which is creating it, but you are a created being. In other words, um, everything is grace. Because if you're created f from like nothing except him, well then you don't get credit for, for anything. You don't deserve anything. Everything is grace. Um, you are a created being and God will finish what he's created. That's the gospel. 
that God will create you in his own image and he will finish what he started, that he's taking you on a journey and he will get you to where you're going, that he's leading you through the wilderness to the promised land and you will get there, that God is creating you and he, he will not fail. That's, that's the gospel. And so you are a created being, that's grace. God will finish what he started, that's the gospel, trusting that he will do so, that's faith, being okay with the fact that he has done so, that is salvation. And, and so are you okay with the fact that you are a created being? That's the judgment. Because if you're not okay with that, you're, you're not gonna enjoy the magic kingdom. And, and so we're, we're saved but we're also not saved, we're in the process of being saved, and how do I know that? Well, I know that because you complain about getting in the van. In other words, you sin, you don't always do what your father asks you uh, to do. We don't always obey the word of our father. We think that our way is better than his way. So on the sixth day of creation, in this junction city of a world, God revealed his way. On the sixth day of creation, in this Junction City world, God took his word and wrapped it in flesh, wrapped him in flesh. And we took that word and placed that word in a manger, a, a food trough. He came to us, lived with us, and we became jealous of him. Until on the darkest of all nights in this Junction City world, we did our absolute worst, and he did the absolute best. He took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, drink it, drink it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. And then according to the Gospel of John, they went out and it was night. And in the night he said to them, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am, in the, I am, I am the way. And, and, and in the morning we took his life on the tree as he gave his life on the tree. And on uh, the eighth day, that was the end of the sixth day, on the eighth day, and this is fascinating, I've just been learning this, that in ancient uh, Hebrew culture, the eighth day really symbolized an endless seventh day, and it's an aliyah, a going up to a, to a higher state. On, on the first day of the week, the, the last and the first, on, on Sunday, he rose from the dead and he appeared to the disciples, and he showed off a bit. He, he showed them his hands, and he said, I said look, look at these wounds in my, in my hands and my side. Touch them, feel them. He walked through walls, he ate fish, and then he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been granted unto me. Now, get in the van. <laughs> okay, I paraphrase a bit, because they didn't have minivans at, at that time, but I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. Get in the van. So let's get in the van. Amen? Let's pray.
Lord God, we thank you for who you are and what you have revealed in Jesus, who is your word and who is the way. We confess to you that we have not trusted you, Father. We have not trusted that your decisions, that your judgment is good, and so we've trusted our own judgment. And Lord God, I do that like every day with my anxiety and my fear and my doubts and my lusts and my addictions. But I thank you, Lord God, that you have revealed your mercy and that your mercy is the way. And so, Lord God, I'm beginning to trust you. We're beginning to trust you. You have gotten into us. And so we want to get into you and go home, for home has come to us in, in, in your word. Lord God, thank you for what you have done. And now, Lord, through the power of your spirit, through the power of your word, we ask that you would help us to believe and to get into the van because we trust you. We see now our Father is good. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, we thank you that in the beginning you spoke your word into the void, and then your word spoke to us saying, look, when you talk to him, call him Father, our Father. And so, Lord God, we thank you that you are our Father and you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. And now uh, you may be seated uh, for, a, for a, a little bit longer benediction, not, not a whole lot longer. Um, you know, uh, really seven and a half years ago, the sanctuary started, and when we started, the board got together and said, what are we doing? Why are we here? What's our purpose? And of course, we can never fully understand all the purposes that God have, but, but has, but we identified, we identified this. Michaela, could you put that up on the screen? Um, this is what you see when you leave, when you walk out on the wall, um, and, and that's this. We, we said, well, we think this is, this is what we're, we're to do. The sanctuary seeks to represent these underrepresented truths. God is one, and so his judgment is love. God is love, and so desires to save. God is almighty, and so can save. God is Jesus, and so does save. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Colossians 1, 19 through 20, God is better than you thought, the love of Jesus is deeper than you know, and the Spirit is everywhere working the wonders of mercy. And so how do we represent? Well, the first way we represent is we represent to God our Father. In other words, we say to him, I can't believe I wanted to stay in Junction City. <laughs> Thank you, I love you, you're good. So I'll get in the van. In other words, we worship, we worship him for who he is. That's what, what, what eternity really is, is all about, the first way we represent. We also represent him with our lives. In other words, when you believe this underrepresented truth, I think, in, in who your father is, well, it says something about who 
your neighbor is. And so it changes the way you look at your neighbor. Changes the way you talk to your neighbor. It changes the way you perceive your neighbor. It changes the way you forgive because you understand that the Father is doing something in everyone's life around you. You see, when you believe his love for you, it changes the way that you love others. And the third way we represent is corporately as a body. We come here to this place uh, to worship, uh, to worship together uh, our Father who, who, who wins, his word who wins, that Jesus wins and, and he's good and that is really good news. So the first way we do it together is as a body. Another way that we're doing it as a body is this, the sanctuary is this thing called the Sanctuary Abroad. Matt Kinner is the, Matt, would you raise your hand back there? Matt's on our board and he chairs that committee. And we felt that part of our job as a church is to speak the message beyond our church to the world, to be a church without walls. And so he's working with a committee and also with Chris Fuller, who's come on as our organizational director over the church and also over doing that kind of stuff to say, how do we get the message beyond these walls? One of the chief ways that we do that is through Downside Up Films. And you know, Ben, who's been part of our church for a long time, Ben started Downside Up several years ago. Ben's right back there. And so, uh, Ben, would you walk out here just a little bit so people can see you? So you need, to, you need to get to know Ben. Do you wanna say anything, Ben? So come up here and say something. Um, I think, I think uh, the actors are here too, aren't they? But maybe they're down in the kids zone. Oh yeah, the, okay. the kids are for sure. Hey, so wasn't that fun? All right, yeah. You know, we, we do a, a Kickstarter, and all of you are a huge part of that. And then, you know, a couple months later, we do this. And this, this is fun. So I just, I, I just want to thank all of you in this room for being here, first of all. All of you that were a part of the Kickstarter, thank you from uh, uh, the bottom of my heart. You know, we could not do this without you. And so... All right, here's, here's the deal, okay? So I just posted it on uh, Facebook, okay? So the, the downside up uh, a Facebook page. So we need you to go on there, uh, search for downside up films. If, you, um, if you're not a part of it al al already, you'll see the link, share it on, on your wall, ask questions, encourage people to ask questions. We want to engage people, okay? So encourage people to ask questions. That's that's, uh, 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 that's what we want. And then after you're done here, the Peter has a few more things. Uh, go downstairs, we have cake down there, we have uh, a coffee down there, uh, uh, we have all of our stuff, uh, DVDs, uh, bumper stickers, which you can have for free, take as many of those as you can. Uh, Zach made those, and they're awesome. And if you have a uh, Kickstarter uh, a reward package, we have those down there for you too. So just go tell uh, Joanna your name and everything and she'll uh, look you up and uh, get you the things that you need. So anyway, uh, thank you so much. And we're gonna uh, keep on going, okay? We have the next one in the works. Uh, we're, so I'll be looking for that in, in the next couple months. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks Ben. And then I'm really, I'm really excited about this, and that is that today we're announcing the release of this book, The History of Time and the Genesis of You, and God saw everything that he made, 
and behold, it was very good. You can get a copy of this book downstairs. It's a pre-release copy because we're still doing a little bit of formatting that should be done in the next uh, week or so. Uh, you can get this downstairs for $5, okay? And I just suggest you do that because it's a great, it's all there, we're just changing a few formatting things and then we'll have that out in the next few weeks. Nate Bullis is doing this with me. Nate's incredible, he's like, ex has explained to me what a comma does and what it doesn't do and so, <laughs> You know, I speak, so I don't, I don't worry about commas and junk like that. So anyway, he does, and so I'm really, really grateful to Nate. And so this will be available on Amazon. And uh, I really hope that in the next few weeks, and, and I'll tell you when we have the final copy done, which will probably be in a week or two, I'd love it if you'd uh, get a copy today. Also, if you can order it, we'll get a Kindle version too. If you order it and you write a review on Amazon, that would be awesome because it would help the word get out. And I'm super, super excited about this because because this really explains the stuff in the film. And I've like paid a price and actually you all have paid a price for proclaiming this message. It's amazing to me how much the principles and powers of this world do not like the gospel, the good news. But I'm, I'm just thrilled to, thrilled to death to, to get this to get this out, and so um, I, I and 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 I and I'd love for you to learn it because a lot of times when I preach, I just go crazy trying to explain things, and it gets too complex and everything because I'm trying to explain something that's profoundly simple through a complexity of lies. And the more we kind of together can walk down this road, the easier it will be to preach, and also I think the better you'll be at proclaiming uh, the gospel to a to a world that really needs to hear it. So um, hopefully uh, you'll do that. These will be available downstairs right after the service. And so I, I want to say that as a church, sometimes people ask, you know, what's your evangelism program? What's your missions program? And we have some of that kind of stuff. But the honest answer is our evangelism program, our missions program, our strategy to change the world is you. It's you. And, and because institutions like to be in charge of stuff, we would come up with all sorts of you know, other things, and, and that's good, I mean, it's good to do things together, but it's you going to work and looking at your coworkers differently. It's you being hurt by your neighbor and then forgiving them because you entrust judgment to God. It's you with a smile on your face and a sparkle in your eyes because you know that your Father is good. That's how Jesus chose to spread the message. And he asks us to share in it that we might share in the Father's joy. So we have good news to share and, and you, you, you are that good news. And uh, here's two simple, now I'm talking about the institution, but here's two simple things that, that I just want you to do. And, and that is, would you go online, would you watch the film, and then would you forward it to everyone that you know? Um, or at least a bunch of people. And then uh, secondly, I hope that you, that you get a book and, and you read it. So uh, now the benediction. Why don't you stand for the benediction? Remember, you're gonna go downstairs afterwards and hobnob, right? Okay. All right, that's part of it too. Oh, and I should say this, members of the prayer team will be down front here. They'd love to pray with you. Also, if you're new, we'd love it if you'd go back uh, to our information. We have a Connect Center back in that corner, and we have uh, DVDs of the other Downside Up films, and we'd l just love to give you one, because uh, we've decided to just do these and together and make them available to, to everyone. So um, be sure to, to grab those. But now by way of benediction, 
believe the gospel, and get in the van. <laughs> Amen? In other words, do, do what your father asks you because you trust that he's good. Amen.